Hi, and welcome back to Politodoxy. I'm your host, Aaron Friedman. Today, we have a special guest, Justine Brooke, who was a competitor on Miss New Jersey, a TPUSA and PragerU ambassador, policy chair at the New York Young Republicans Club, and so-called Jewish blue-eyed devil. So I would like to have you first introduce yourself on your own terms, and then we will continue on from there. Sure. Um, so I, yes, I'm the Jewish blue-eyed devil. Um, basically, you know, all Jews today are considered by the left white. And the white has had this, not the white, the, the left has had this campaign against, uh, against the West for, that's basically how the left um, advertises itself nowadays. They hate the West. They think that everything about America is white and privileged. And in this attempt to take down the evil white man, Jews have been have been kind of lumped into that. Even though Jews were murdered for not being white not too long ago, now we're considered anything that's that's bad. That's the current bad thing. So it's currently bad to be white. So Jews are white. Jews are the blue-eyed devil. And when it was bad not to be white, Jews were not white. And it, it's the same idea peddled by by the Nazis who saw Jews as the, the superior evil, uh, evil, this evil race dominating everything and, and taking up all the major institutions and that they somehow are privileged and need to be taken down. Well, now the same ideology is being peddled against Jews in the name of woke and, and, and progressivism. So that's just a little bit of a background why I call myself the Jewish blue eye devil because well, I do, I, I am blue eyed. And I'm Jewish, and it's just an kind of a an fu to the to the leftists. Right. So you were a competitor on Miss New Jersey, and I've seen the video. Although I don't know why on my Twitter it won't play the entire video, only the first thirty seconds. I do not know what that is about. But from that from that thirty seconds, I got pretty much the gist of what's going on. And they were not too happy with what you had to say. For anybody who's wondering what I'm talking about, go to her Twitter. We'll talk. We'll talk about social media after the interview. So. Anybody who is wondering what I'm talking about, go to her Twitter, listen to that. It was epic. And uh, they were not too happy about what you had to say. They even rolled their eyes at one point. Basically, each candidate for Miss New Jersey has to have uh, a, a platform, a social cause they promote. And this year, they're changing things around. But this was two years ago, and my platform was and continues to be called Free Speech Even When You Hate to Hear It. Other candidates, sometimes their social cause is about mental health. Um, sometimes it's about very worthy causes, like helping find cures for cancer or ending domestic violence. But then you have other causes that are all about identity and inclusion and LGBT. And of course, a lot of those are, are, are usually popular. But I, I founded my platform, Free Speech, even when you hate to hear it, when I was a college student. And I was being shut down by the college administration. First, I tried to start a chapter on campus, uh, Young Americans for Freedom chapter. And if you haven't heard of the National YAF organization, they promote conservative values. But their main thing, their, in their mission statement, they say that the US Constitution is the greatest form of governance. So what did my university do? They originally would not let me have that chapter because they said that the US Constitution can be exclusionary to international students. <laughs> the reason why people come to America from different countries is because of the freedoms and the opportunities that our constitution provides. But they, uh, they, yeah, they found it exclusionary. But it's no surprise because now young people are publicly endorsing Osama bin Laden. So what I, I realized, it, it's gone from, this is also something that I've noticed with the whole support for Hamas among young people on, on campuses right now. They created the monster of censorship. I received death threats when I was a senior in college to the point where I couldn't return to campus partially out of fear for my physical safety. And part of the reason they 
threw death threats at me was because I was Zionist, I was pro-Israel, I was mobbed numerous times by BLM supporters on campus. They wanted the, the university to racially segregate students. Uh, they wanted racially segregated dormitory options. And the university, they were just caving into all of their demands. But these students and even professors knew that I was a, a journalist for this outlet that was a little more critical of, of these radical BLM protests. And they didn't like that very much. So I was chased on campus numerous times. And, and that's why I became a, a free speech activist but now these same students who created the monster of censorship, suddenly they're crying foul because they're getting called out for supporting Hamas. And now you see these doxing trucks getting driven around NYU and I believe Yale and, and, and Harvard showing the faces of, of students who are supporting Hamas, which I don't support doxing, but it, it's just getting thrown right back in their faces. They were responsible for doxing and censorship of conservatives in 2020. Right. I actually, on that point about doxing, I made it very clear that we wouldn't be in this conversation. This conversation would not be held right now if these people did not were not here. A lot of these students are foreign exchange, exchange students. A lot of these students are from immigrants and so on and so forth who do, did not subscribe to the American value system and they did not assimilate it to the culture, which goes to show that we're not all the same, culturally speaking. We're not all the same. Culture is what you cultivate. The ideas, behaviors, and traditions you you use to cultivate into your daily life. And since we're not all the same by culture, then we should be bringing in immigrants that actually share values, share ideas, share the willing to be free. The, uh, most of these people, they... I just love it when they say that we're all the same, yet... And they are just, they are refugees and they're looking to escape all the terrible th ideas that has plagued their countries. Yet they are seeking to install these same terrible ideas here in the United States. They're not refugees. The vast majority of, re of the refugee system is a scam. And the, we, we used to think that they are, oh, they're more, more or less the same as us. When you have people in Sydney shouting gas the Jews, when you have people in Canada shouting other stuff. I don't remember exactly what they were shouting in Canada, but in Paris, they were shouting that they are Nazis, they are proud. These are young Muslims, young Muslim men predominantly, and also just, just plain people from the Middle East who sympathize with Hamas. They were, they are, they have been welcomed into Western countries and they've not accepted Western values. They don't belong here. They belong in their own countries. And if they want to make it better, they should, they should fight to make their own countries better anyway. But they were shouting, gas the Jews. And these are people's neighbors. These are people's coworkers, friends, family, and so on. And they, we've been said that they are the same as us. Well, turns out they're not, they're shouting gas the Jews For, up until this point, they've behaved, they have been behaving like normal human beings. Apparently, at least, they've been behaving like normal human beings, not for not shouting gas the Jews. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, they're, they're shouting gas the Jews. So that goes to show that they've not assimilated. They've been brought here. They've been not assimilated. They don't belong here. So this is this is my take uh, it, that the immigration system, a lot of these problems we will not be having if it weren't for the immigration system. And that goes to the doxing. I don't like the doxing. I'm a Machiavellian, so I'm saying and uh, that's why I call for Whatever tactics they use against you, you should use against them. Nothing is off the table if they put something on the table. Now it's on the table. It's not me who, are, who is against free speech. If you are against my free speech, then there might be that you might have to suffer under those same consequences that you espouse. Anyway, so on the doxing issue, I'm against it, fully against it. But as a Machiavellian, I'm saying utilize any tactic they use against you and, and make them suffer the consequences of their own actions. So... Let's go, let's get into this interview with full throttle. So I would like to ask you, what does Israel mean to you as a Jew? It's our ancestral homeland. I, I actually visited Israel for the first time on birthright when I was a sophomore in college. And it, it was after I realized that anti-Semitism is still alive and well, because before I, I went to college, I, I faced a little bit of anti-Semitism, particularly one experience with someone who was very close to me and she spat at me. And this was when she was eight years old. She spat at me and she said, you Jew in, in an argument. And I, I didn't understand where where this was coming from. Um, and, and today, you know, I know she's not an anti-Semite, but it was taught to her. It was taught to her 
it, it of course it was taught to her like she could, couldn't have just learned that on on her own and it, it was always common to spit at jews that that was what was common in in the 1930s in europe you, that so the fact that she knew that at eight years old that was the first and i was only 10. um so that was the the first turning point for me because growing up i was always taught oh all this bigotry and racism all the anti-semitism we're we're fighting it and and we're all america is is a place of peace and love though it's of course it's the 2000s oh, bigotry doesn't exist anymore um well we were taught that bigotry against blacks and anyone who's considered now bipoc which is a, a new phrase that the, the left has formed that bigotry against them still existed of course we couldn't deny that or we couldn't deny that white privilege exists and if you did deny that if you did question this whole idea of systemic racism you were considered a racist yourself and you were canceled but anti-semitism oh you know jews are white nothing happens against jews that's just you know that's just fantasy um but i grew up i still grew up with that idea even when i experienced that anti-semitism for the first time you know the rest of my life up until college was pretty normal. I live in New Jersey, so we're very diverse. No one really had a problem with me being Jewish. Then I went to college and in my freshman dormitory, the residence director taped up an image of the Star of David with a giant slash over it. And it, this was in our lobby and it was taped up right next to a photo of Martin Luther King speaking at a civil rights protest. So I, I was a little bit confused. I went to his office and I questioned him, wait a minute, Martin Luther King was a staunch advocate against anti-Semitism. He was a staunch advocate for Israel and said that if you're anti-Israel, if you don't believe Jewish people should have the right to their ancestral homeland, he said, that makes you an anti-Semite. So why are these two posters taped next to each other? And of course, he didn't know what to say. And I ended up writing about this. But then it, it the anti-Semitism got worse on my campus and it was being peddled in the name of, oh, we don't believe that, that the Jewish white settler colonialists should be able to uh, invade the uh, Palestine. Palestine. And of course, that's not true. The, the Jewish there, the Jewish people were there forever, for for thousands of years, and always had a presence there. And actually, Arabs from different Arab nations were the ones who colonized that land after we were colonized by all these other groups. And it wasn't a country. So I tried to explain this to the detractors on my college campus. Um, of course, they didn't listen. They just said, you know, you're you white Jew, you're privileged. Uh, you know, it's always get out of Israel or go back to Israel, go back to where you came from or go away. It's uh, and I get this in my comment section all the time when I post videos on Instagram. It's always go back to where you came from or get out of Palestine. And um, where do you want where do they want you to go? Get out of Palestine, but go back to where you came from. It's one of the two. You could choose one, but you can't have both because it doesn't work together. What it, what they mean by why don't you just die? That's what they mean. Because exactly. you can't have if you're having both messages, if you're messaging both messages simultaneously, then the answer to that is just die. And that's exactly why Israel exists. So we don't die. So we stop dying. And that's why they want to destroy Israel. But I also believe the left wants to destroy Israel because Israel is the birthplace of the Judeo-Christian values they loathe. They loathe so much that they're willing to, they claim they're against religion, but they side with religious fanatics of the Islamic world to murder Jews and to not just stop at murdering Jews, but to murder Christians and to take down the West. And suddenly you see them supporting bin Laden. Right. And this is pretty interesting. Why all of a sudden everybody start, started saying that, wow, this is very, very comprehensive, a very nuanced conversation. I'm like, first, above all else, I'm not surprised that everybody is now suddenly have taken a liking to bin Laden. And Coulter actually predicted this in her book, Treason, not, not directly, but saying that they always... Liberals always have a tough time figuring out who is the, who are uh, who our allies are and who our enemies are. They have always a tough time with that. They killed uh, 
what's his name? No Dian Dim, no Dian Dim, who was the South Korean dictator at, at the time. Sorry, not South Korean, South Vietnamese dictator against the North, and Kennedy assassinated him. So they had the long. They, they always had a hard time figuring out who are allies and enemies, and it looks like they're now having another hard time figuring out who are enemies and who are allies. But the reason. So, so this is not surprising to me that they suddenly out of nowhere, they've been they've been shouting all this time. They hate Western civilization. They hate America. Now they're siding with the terrorists. I'm not surprised. What I am surprised is why, how come they are trying to make it, oh, this is so comprehensive. This is so nuanced. No, he's, a, I, I, I did not go through the entire letter. I'll admit as much. And I'll tell you why I didn't go through the entire letter because I was feeling like was I was losing brain cells while I was reading it. So I decided at some point, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm just going to quit right here because this is incredibly dumb. Yet I would say, you know what? Our dumbest generation we've ever produced have decided that this terrible letter is very nuanced. What do you think is that? It's an attempt to destroy America from within. And this has been an attempt for four years for the entirety of, of higher education, the existence of higher education for decades now has been about turning young people against their country, against their families. It's it's really the birthplace of the our own cultural revolution where they're being taught by professors and even before college now young people are being taught it, it, do, it doesn't just stop with the teaching kids that gender is a social construct they teach you that you're uh, automatically evil if you're white and you have to apologize for your existence if you're white and if you're not white then you're oppressed by your own government you're oppressed by your own country and you must rise up and and, and against you know this is where the support for jihad comes from you know if you're if you can just call yourself a victim and and say that you're oppressed well now they're they're justifying committing acts of violence committing terrorism to the point where we do have people not just supporting Osama bin Laden on TikTok. It's not going to end there. We're going to have our own Americans, kids who have lived here, born and raised here, and who aren't from these these Arab countries, who aren't just immigrants from, from countries that hate us, but they're our own Americans who are going to rise up against themselves, against this country, against our freedoms in, in the name of of this idea of resistance that they've been taught from a young age from our high school teachers to our college teachers i i always had this you mentioned that ann culture ann coulter um she predicted that young people would soon be supporting bin laden i i had a fear of this for a while and i'm only 25 but it was because i went to school I went to high school when this whole idea of privilege and critical race theory was really coming to fruition. We were already being indoctrinated. People in college before my age were being indoctrinated to hate America, but it's gotten worse and worse and worse. And, you know, I grew up with, I'm a theater kid, so I always make theater references. I grew up when Wicked, have you ever seen the show Wicked? It's it's a twist no. off the it's uh it, it's a famous broadway show and it, it was popular but it, it promoted this idea that the bad guys are the good guys and the good guys are actually the bad guys so the wicked witch of the west she wasn't an evil an evil zealot she was just misunderstood and she was resisting against the normies or the, or the people the the mainstream oppressors that that she was fighting against then if you look at all the disney remakes uh, let's look at Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty, the evil queen, is obviously evil. She wants to murder Aurora. She she casts the spell. But the the remake is that well, actually, Aurora's parents were act were evil, and they disenfranchised the queen, the the evil queen or the queen of the Moors. They made up this whole like race in in the remake. Now I'm um, just glad um, that I did not watch it. <laughs> it's but this is what they're doing like to for every single every single fantasy 
every single story, every single classic, they say, wait a minute, let's do a remake where the good guys are the bad guys and the bad guys are the good guys or the bad guys are just misunderstood. But the problem is that it doesn't stop there. It started with that when I was in grade school, this like it started when we were uh, we were we thought we were being taught about um, understanding. Okay, that's noble. Like, let's learn how to understand people instead of automatically see someone as an enemy. Let's un- like understand people. Okay, kumbaya. That that's like a nice kumbaya idea. But it went from that to actually you're evil and anyone you call evil, anyone who is objectively evil, uh, killing nearly 3,000 people in in the terrorist attacks of 9-11, raping women, up to what we're seeing on what we saw on October 7th to the most gruesome killings of of innocent Jews. Well, we can't believe that, that they're evil, that evil actually exists we must believe that they, wow, they must be so angry. They must seriously be resisting against a, a serious evil occupier. That this is this is the the product of the years long indoctrination of people my age to believe that. Well, you know, let's try to find some understanding with this idea about world peace. Okay, that that sounds nice, but it it's gone from that to actually. America's evil. And- I just, by the way, I love the idea of world peace. Here's the problem with world peace. They say that Putin is a dictator, terrible, and all these bad things. I have my own opinions of Putin. I think he's great for Russia, bad for the United States, but that's a different subject because Russia, they have a very, they have a very, they have no problem with dictatorships. There is no history in Russia where there was a democracy. So they are dictator oriented. So you need to have the most pro-American dictator, which which Putin was. If you go back, you go back in history to see what how pro the United States the Putin was and how anti-corruption he was. There are so many lies about him. I don't want to being here in the United States. I don't want to emulate Russia by any stretch of the imagination. I do not believe in the Russian set of ideas about how government should run, but I do understand that you got to put it into context. The Russian psyche is more oriented towards dictatorship, strong men at the helms of power, controlling everything and bringing glory to their country. And the same is with China and with other, other countries, with other countries. It's, and that's, by the way, that's the norm of the world uh, up until, up until the point of republicanism. I mean, small R republicanism where you have constitutionalism and so on. Up until that point, the entire world was run by dictators by default. Every king that was an absolute monarchy was by definition a dictatorship. So the dictatorship has become a word that, a dirty word for some reason, it doesn't make any sense. It's just a form of government. And if you ask me, I'd rather live under a dictatorship than either a form of democracy where thousands of little dictators, little dictators controlling my every move, deciding, no, you can't do this or that. i rather live under the protection of a dictatorship than either the tyranny of mob rule which is democracy i again i would rather live here in a constitutional republic such as the united states that's the best of all worlds but if you if you have to decide between one or two there are i would rather live under a dictatorship where i am protected either than democracy which is mob rule anyway so how i got excuse me We'll have to disagree on that. I would not rather live in a, under a dictatorship. Me neither. Me neither. I'm saying I would rather live the way I'm here right now. But I've seen enough and I've educated I've educated myself enough to understand that not all dictators are created the same way. Napoleon, for instance, he, he established minority rights. Meanwhile, the Jacobins who killed indiscriminately 600,000 people were either killed or thrown out of France. Napoleon came into power. He killed off the crazies and established a empire that stretched the entirety of Europe. So not all dictatorships are created the same. So we have to put that into context. Anyway, but again, I don't want dictatorship here in the United States. I would oppose dictatorship here in the United States with every fiber of my being. But we, ha- but the Russians, they have a stomach for it. Let them have their form of government. Stop cramming down democracy on every country. Let them choose their own form of government. Self-determination. Anyway, what we got here is that the these people who are talking about world peace, they say that Russia is so terrible, dictatorship, China is so terrible, and so on and so forth. Wait a minute. Do you want to make peace with people who are so terrible as you say? It doesn't make any sense. Either they are as terrible as you say and you can't make peace with them, or we could come to an understanding, which I I believe we can't come to understanding. Russia controls their country. We control our own country. Let's all... Let's all just work within the confines of normal relationships between the countries. But 
what what do you think about that? About the the people that, who are constantly talking about we need to have an understanding with countries that they simultaneously say we can't have an understanding. But here's the here's the, my favorite part: Con um, not countries, organizations. We are saying we can't have an understanding, such as Hamas and Hezbollah. We can't have an understanding with them. They fundamentally want to kill people. Russia doesn't want to fundamentally kill people. They have their own national interests, economically speaking and diplomatically speaking. They have own national interests, but their interest isn't killing Americans. But these people, their interest is killing Americans, killing Jews, killing infidels, and so on and so forth. So the same people who are saying we can't have an understanding with Russia say that we can have an understanding with Hamas. What do you think about that? Honestly, I think part of the reason is they were fed critical race theory. So I really think it does come down to the color of your skin. If you are white and you're a dictator and you're evil, well, then of course, you know, of course, let's go after them. But if you're evil and, and you're a terrorist, but you you happen to be Arab, you happen to be Muslim, or you happen to be part of their their created idea of BIPOC, then somehow you're justified. Or it, it doesn't just come down to that. It comes down to that. And then what, what type of ruthless, what type of brutal and, and ruthless tyrant that you are? So the, the tyranny of the Chinese Communist Party, well, they give that a free pass because it's in the name of communism. And they, they like that form of governance. They want that form of governance. Um, a, a lot of young people, well, they advocate for communism. I don't think they'd understand, they, they still understand what it's like to actually live under communism, but they somehow kind of like just hush, 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 hush that. Oh, you know, oh, it's not real communism. Real communism has never been tried. They make excuses for China. They make excuses for China oppressing the Taiwanese. They they pretend that the genocide of the Uyghurs, of Uyghur Muslims, they pretend that doesn't exist. Yeah, that's actually another one. I'm, I'm going to let you speak in just a moment. That's another one. They talk about Israel committing genocide, which I just have to say, if Israel were committing genocide, Israel would be, bomb would be carpet bombing the entirety of Gaza. They are strategically striking specific buildings. That's not genocide. Genocide is, is a is either using gas to gas them, kill them, or indiscriminately killing, or carpet bombing. That would be genocide. That is not happening. It's strategic targets. But yet they are not talking about the people who are being genocided in China, which may, goes to show that they don't care about genocide. They just care about Jew hatred. It's selective outrage. Um, exactly. And you hit the nail on the head. They hate the whole the whole goal here is to wipe out Jews. And it's always been Jew hatred has always it's been the lo the longest lasting hatred and, and the most irrational bigotry of, of all time. But it always rears its ugly head in different forms. So now that it's cool to cast America and cast the West as these evil white oppressors, Jews are automatically lumped into that. They say, well, whites are, are rich, wealthy, and privileged. Well, Jewish people, they must be that way too. Because, and if, if you do look at Jewish people have won the most Nobel Peace Prizes. We dominate every field that we're in. But it's because of our culture and because of our values. And, and Or as I can quote yourself, because we got our together, our crap together. I'm not going to swear here because I don't like swearing, exactly. but that's why, that's why in part Jews have been very successful. Also, there's also a whole bunch of other things because Jews were, were expelled from almost every country in Europe. So they had to learn skills that they could actually take with them. And that was normally banking because math, you, once you learn math, it goes with you wherever you go. So accounting and all that other stuff. So that's why Jews were predominant in specific types of industries because that's all they knew if it if they were able to allow to own land which they were not allowed to own they would just be farmers but you created the monster that you so fear right right like god forbid the the roles that we were we were kept to we actually did well in and it it actually backfired and i mean it didn't really backfire because the the people who who hated us and the people who continue to hate us the, it, it's because of Jewish doctors and Jewish lawyers that that they get let off the hook or that they live that Israel is treating Palestinian children and they've always treat they've always treated Palestinian Israeli doctors have always treated kids in Gaza and all the people that the the left says that that we oppress and then the people that the right says that 
Jewish people oppress, uh, like Christians, we treat them in our in our hospitals, our doctors, like hate Jews all you want. But then God forbid when when you're having a when you need your colonoscopy or when when your parts stop working and you're getting older, you know, find good luck finding a doctor who's not Jewish to fix you up. And and we'll gleefully do it. We will we help the, the terrorists who get killed committing terror while committing acts of terrorism, the terrorists that get actually the terrorists that get injured, not killed while committing acts of terrorism, guess who helps fix them up? Israeli doctors, because that's our, we hold these values. It's, it's the value of tikkun olam, which I think has kind of bitten us in the back. I think yeah. sometimes we stab ourselves in the foot because we've been taught, at least young Jews, young, more secular young Jews in America have been taught the entire purpose behind being Jewish is fostering yeah. world peace and tikkun olam and repairing the world. Repairing and that's the a, by the way, that's a terrible message. And Kamala Harris actually talked about what Hanukkah is about, it's about Tikkun Olam. I was like, no, it's actually it's actually Judaism beating the secularist Greeks. That's what it's about, religion triumphant against secularism. That's what it actually is about. And then there is obviously, then there is the other miracle of the oil. That's a, that's a separate issue. That That is a pure miracle. But what, we, what I have come to understand is as a miracle that, that Let's say if it weren't for that, Judaism would still survive. But if the Jews did not beat the Greeks, there would be no Ju Judaism, no Christianity, no Western civilization as we know it. So the so the entire miracle, I mean, not the entire, but the largest part of the miracle is that Western civilization, Western civilization was created because of the Jewish tri triumph against secular uh, Greek paganism. But also, it's Hanukkah is is the most nationalistic holiday, one of the most nationalistic Jewish holidays, because it was about defending the land of Israel against people who wanted us wiped out. So Hanukkah is a very Zionist holiday, and um, it's also about it's not just fa about fighting the Greeks. It was also about the Maccabees fighting against against Jewish Hellenistic Jews who wanted to True. rat out Jews who refused to be Hellenized. They wanted to throw Jews under the bus to the Greeks and also want them killed and expelled for refusing to rid their Judaism. Th these were Hellenistic Jews who got rid of their Judaism in order to cave to people that wanted them dead. Just like leftist Jews of today, just like the Jewish Voice for Peace crowd, which yeah. honestly, I don't even think most of them are, are Jewish. At least maybe you have some people who are ethnically Jewish there, but none of those people are actually religiously Jewish. I mean, you have women wearing yarmulkes. <laughs> you have, yeah. You have, this, you have what I said, I said this on Twitter, that the only reason these women wear yarmulkes because they have nothing else to identify their, Judy, their Judaistic standard with. They have literally nothing else. So they put on a mask to say, hey, look at how Jewish I am. I'm wearing a yarmulke. This, no, women in Judaism traditionally do not wear yarmulkes because they're not required to. Men are required to. But, you, but you're so devoid of any other standard of Judaism that you do something that is not even required of you, but you call it Judaism. Anyway, but... Seeing what happened in Israel, I was wondering, what do you think should be the United States response? I will give you my, uh, I will give you my analysis on what I think, and I want you to get get your reaction on that. What I think is that the United States should not be sending any money to Israel, any weapons or anything. Israel's a big boy; they can take care of themselves. But the, if the United States wants to sell to Israel weapons, I have no problem with that. I'm America first, so I don't want to increase the debt. I don't want to increase the suffering here in the United States, the inflation. It's only going to hurt us. Israel's a big boy. They can take care of themselves. But diplomatically speaking, the United States should be backing up Israel in the UN. They should be backing up Israel diplomatically and so on and so forth. And here's the, and this is the icing on the cake. This is the final point that we have misaligned our values in the Middle East because we have one superpower called the United States and another superpower called Russia. And now they're staring down each other, proxy warring in, in the Middle East. What I'm saying is the United States has to be, make nice with Russia, be political allies, take them, uh, 
destroy the friendship between Russia and China, the same way Richard Nixon did with Russia and China back in, in the 1960s, destroy that friendship, work together with the Russians, stop proxy warring in the Middle East. If you stop proxy warring, what happens is Israel is now free to pursue whatever military whatever military action it deems necessary, because the only reason why Israel is afraid is not because of Iraq. Iraq is destroyed. Unfortunately, that's a different subject. Uh, Iraq, they're not afraid of Iraq. They're not afraid of Egypt. They're not afraid of Jordan nor Syria. They're not even afraid of Iran. Iran is way over there. It's not going to do anything. What they are afraid of is Russia getting involved and starting to starting to support the Assyrians. Uh, sorry, not the Assyrians. Yeah, the Assyrians. Wait, no, the Assyrians. The Assyrians. Assyrians are the olden days, how they were called. Anyway starting to support the Syrians against the Israelis. And now they're fighting against the superpower. So they're being hampered by two superpowers. So what I'm saying is that the United States has misaligned its values. Stop trying to control everything in the Middle East. Let Israel take care of itself. It's a big boy. It's got a lot of weapons, technology, everything that it needs. But because you have the United States on one side pressing down its thumb on the Israelis and Russia on the other side pressing down its thumb, it leads a lot... It gives only leeway to the terrorists and it makes it harder for everybody. So get together with Russia, try to figure out diplomatically how both of you step out of the Middle East, let the Israelis take care of business. Now, I want to get your reaction to that. So first, I, I, I don't know if America should start making nicey-nice with, with Russia. And Russia already wants to wipe out Israel. They're, they're, not, they're not Israel's friend. Um, and also, a lot of the money that and, and of course, we can say this is before the war started, but unlike with Ukraine, where a lot of the money that we just sent was just was just welfare money. We don't even know where it's going. Um, a lot of the money that is sent to Israel, it, it's not like Israel's just getting that for free. Israel pays us in return with with weapons. Israel pays us with technology, with medical supplies. So it's kind of it's, it's more of a partnership. Unlike with Ukraine, where we're just like throwing money at the issue, um, with Israel, it, it's a little bit different. That being said, I don't think that we should be spending forever millions and millions of dollars on, on any country. But the problem is that at the same time, President Biden already just approved more funding to to Palestinian human rights causes when it's really all going to Hamas and Iran and this is partially President Biden's fault for funding Iran, for funding Iran. He had an initial couple of billion dollars that he gave Iran at, at the start of his presidency. And then over the summer, I believe he promised a, another billion. And, and, and he funds the Palestinian Authority, which pays their own people a lifetime salary to murder Jews living in Israel, or really to murder anyone living in Israel. And that includes Arab Israelis. So that's number one, that complete, he needs to completely cut that out. And it, it's so ridiculous when they say, oh, well, well, this money hasn't gone to Iran yet. Like that we, uh, this money's, it, it's frozen. You know what? I, I seriously just don't believe that. President Biden is funding is funding both sides of the war right now. It, he might as well be funding Nazi Germany. So that's like, number one. I think the first thing we have to worry about is the fact that our taxpayer money is going to Middle Eastern dictatorships and, and, and terrorists who want to wipe not just Israel out, but after they're done wiping Israel out, if they ever succeeded, which they wouldn't because we're strong. But if they ever did succeed, they would come for us. And they're already coming for us. Like, I honestly think that, like, God forbid, I, I don't want to say this, but I, I have a bad feeling that we're probably going to experience uh, a 9-11 like terrorist attack here in whether it's New York or elsewhere in the, in this country. I think it, something's being planned. I, I, I fully agree with your assessment of that. So let, to recap, so you believe that we should be sending money to Israel. I said my point. So we have opposing points of view, but that's the beauty of it. It's freedom of speech. We have a point, opposing point of view and our listeners can make up their own mind what, what way they think we should be doing this. But you brought up a very important point about another 9-11 terrorist attack, which it I I believe that it is already written down. It's, it's going to happen. I just believe it's going to happen unless, and I hate saying this, but unless we have some kind of 
a crackdown on all the terrorists here in the United States. And most people say, oh, a police state. Well, I'm like, what, how else are you going to, how else are you going to root out the terrorists? Because we have already left, we have already let them in here. What else can we do? Are we going to just let people die? It's a sad situation, but the Biden administration creates problems. It's basically this. This is how I see things. Democrats create problems, then complain that Republicans are trying to fix it, saying that they have become more strict and more authoritarian. Meanwhile, Republicans are saying, stop trying to create problems and we won't have to become more so-called authoritarian or strict, such as with John Fetterman. He didn't want to wear normal attire in the Senate. So they said, oh, okay, he could wear whatever he wants. They're now, so they, what they're, what they are doing is creating a problem that the senator is not wearing the normal clothes he should be wearing. Republicans are becoming strict. Okay, we need new rules. Wow, look at how strict the Republicans are. Yeah, we are strict only because you guys are breaking rules. Stop breaking rules so we don't have to be strict. So going back to the main subject that we have let in so many people, what do you think should be done about the immigration, uh, about, about the people being let in? about the people, how many people do you think we should be letting in here? Should we have what I what I endorse and Coulter calls a, a stop on all immigration for the next 10 or 20 years, first assimilate all the immigrants here, assimilate them within the American culture, make them great American citizens, and then we can start letting in people after 10 or 20 years. I say put, push it up to 30 years at this point. We see how terrible things are getting. So what do you think? on immigration, because most of this problem is because of immigration. I'm not surprised that in the Middle East, they hate us. I'm not surprised, but I, and what I am semi-surprised is that they hate us here in the United States. And that is because immigration, we let in people with unsavory cultures into the United States. So this is the end result. So what do you think should, should our immigration policy be in order to combat this hatred of the West, hatred of American, hatred of Jews and Judeo-Christian values? I think we need to at least start by reverting back to President Trump's restrictions on, on certain countries, people from certain countries coming here. And of course, the left just um, cast it out as, as a Muslim ban. But people should not be coming here from countries that want to destroy us. And and when people say, oh, well, they're refugees. Yeah, they're, they're, they're only refugees until they come here and they support the very ideas, as you mentioned previously, that they claimed that they, they were escaping. I mean, a majority of people in the Palestinian terror territories, excuse Florian slip there, <laughs> um, a majority of the people in the Palestinian territories, Palestinians themselves, they voted for Hamas. And also they continue to support them. And people say, oh, well, that was years ago. That was an election and they didn't have uh, much of an option. That's complete bogus. In fact, just a couple of years ago, I believe it was two years ago, a majority of people living in the territories still support Hamas. And not only that, a majority of them surveyed actually support the October 7th attacks. Then you have a majority of American Muslims who they were recently surveyed and they supported the October 7th attacks. So when people say, well, uh, these uh these poor refugees oh and by the way the democrats now want at least one billion palestinian refugees to come here the same yep. who support and vote for hamas and who are were in the streets celebrating and and cheering on in in the territories they weren't just cheering it on they were some of them were civilians civilians who were not officially part of Hamas, but they were still engaging in the murder and the rape of these Jewish women who were brought over into Gaza that day. And by and the way, they are celebrating, for those who are who don't understand what's going on here, they are explicitly celebrating rape. They have, I've seen the videos. They are holding up their phones with video of the rape taking place, of the killings taking place. And they're like, yes, we endorse this. They're dancing in the streets, not all of them, a lot of, by the way, a lot of these are just le white leftists who don't even know what's going on. They're like, oh my goodness, they're bombing Palestinians. This must be genocide. Oh, I, I am a anti-Nazi. Look at me. I am, it's the most greatest LARP you could have ever imagined. And they're not, I mean, they have terrible ideologies, but if given the right resources, they would probably be more mentally stable people. The problem is that you have, you have pre people like that who don't know any better. And then you have the people... The Muslims, in large part, they are Muslims who know exactly what they are endorsing. They know exactly what happened. They've seen the videos and they've been shouting Allah Akbar all day. So 
this they know exactly what they are endorsing it's not something ambiguous oh no it looks like it, it, we need to fight against the israelis because it looks like genocide that's just stupidity they they are celebrating explicitly rape and and murder when donald trump said they are rapists and murderers i say donald trump was correct the when people I... who want to come here are rapists and murderers and some i assume are good people but that is the correct attitude to have towards these cultures they have rape cultures in mexico they have rape cultures in more throughout the entire world in the third world they have rape cultures and this is well documented by Ann Coulter's book, Adios America. You can read it. It's a, absolutely an amazing read. It's the most important work I think she has done. Anyway, but these cultures do exist in other countries. For all the talk about the rape culture that exists in the United States, it doesn't. It exists in other countries, and they're bringing it over here. That's why when we see some, some from time to time rapes happening, guess who, are, guess who are the people who are committing the rapes? It is the immigrants who have not been properly vetted. We should be bringing here the best of people, but we're bringing in the worst of people, and we're not even assimilating the worst. So I want you to continue on. Yeah, you make a good point. And, and when you talk about the left, uh, these pink hat wearers, the feminists who rallied for the Me Too movement, they talked about rape culture, but meanwhile, they defend actual rapists people who've committed actual rape and they defend the very cultures the, the 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 most the world's most misogynistic uncivilized the world's most barbaric cultures that by the way this is what always boggled me the left they want to destroy the the west but they they use the values that we create, the values of equal rights towards women, the idea that women should not be stoned in the streets if they take off their hijab. And that we happens. That happens over and over again. That happens. The videos are not circulated here in the West. For some reason, I wonder why. But these videos should act as a reminder what awaits you when you embrace Islamism. Continue. Right. We've created the Western values that they want to destroy, but they use our Western values of equal rights in order to destroy the west and argue against the west which which always boggled me it's i mean it, it really goes back to the idea that young people for a couple of decades in in higher education were taught wrong is right right is wrong this is i mean this goes back to orwell's 1984 and and i i reference him a lot but the left really is using it as a diy manual ignorance is strength Every we're re writing the entire dictionary. This is what happens when you force, and there's a reason why the, the left wants to force pronouns on people. They want to force compelled speech. They rewrote uh, Merriam-Webster rewrote the definition of racism to uh, to say instead it, it used to be you're you're holding a bias or a bigotry and, and you're discriminating against someone for their race period doesn't matter what race they are but now they've changed the definition just like we've changed the definition of gender we've changed the definition of racism to say that well you can only be racist against someone if you're part of this dominating class and then how do you think we've got into the point of anti-semitism modern day anti-semitism well jews run everything just like the whites run everything so it's okay to be anti-semitic it's okay to be anti-white and the the murder of, of of whites here in the states when when you see the those videos of of people of a swan race murdering murdering people of another race you know they'll only say they'll only name their race if it's a white guy just like with with the murder of, of jews the murder or, of or if they have white skin color like zimmerman who was i think it was hispanic killed a black person right. and in self-defense by the way and they made it into this huge scandal and the only reason they could get away with it because he was white looking and they said that white hispanic i was like what the hell does that even mean suddenly he became white he became yes. white Genius. Out of convenience, the same right. as with Jews. Jews control the world. White people control the world. It's the same conspiracy theory. It's the same conspiracy theory, except different races and different ethnicities. But it's basically the same. It's the same story told in with different races. Right, and it's and as I said, we're, just like Rome was destroyed from within. America it will be destroyed from within, and it's because of this ideology. Because young people were taught to hate their country but they were taught that everything that is 
that we know to be good and true, good, true, and beautiful, it's actually the opposite. And in order to restore things, in order to have equality and justice, and in order to promote the, their warped idea of, of equal rights, we have to destroy the West and destroy the, the, the foundation of equal rights that, that they claim to support. Like it's it's completely it's like a um it's like a mind game there. I we've we've really been, and I'm not going to curse here, but we've really been mind effed. The the yeah. the the popular term. Interesting thing that you brought up Rome, which right now this this just crossed my mind that Rome was destroyed from within. Here's the interesting part: it was also destroyed by Islam. Because we're talk, you're talking about the Western Roman Empire, but if you take into account the Eastern Roman Empire as well, that was destroyed not from within. It was pretty. It was a pretty strong empire, but it was destroyed slowly but surely by Islam. So now you have like a crossing of both empires happening right now here in the United States, being destroyed from within with terrible ideas and being destroyed from Islam, which has brought into the United States and terrible the terrible ideas that comes with it. And I want to make this very clear. I think Islam used to be one of the great I ideology factories that we had. In the Middle Ages, Islam was a place to go, was the place where to go, especially since Jews were brought, were persecuted in Europe. Where, guess where they ran? They ran to Turkey. They ran to where Islam is and the and the Muslims welcomed them because they knew they, they loved the Jewish minds. They loved, they knew the Jews were merchants, the Jews were bankers and so on. So they knew there was a lot of business coming with that. So they welcomed the Jews. But at some point, I don't remember what point, they started to regress. They said that progress on on scientific front, on philosophy and so on, that is not good. We need to stick more thoroughly to the to the Islamic teachings, that's when they started to regress and there was no progress made whatsoever. I don't remember the time period, but at some point they switched from being more and more progressive and more and more advanced to regressive. And that's when, that's how the, in part, the Ottoman Empire fell apart very slowly. It was a sick man of Europe because they did not progress in their philosophy. They just took, they just stuck with things that they said that this, that we cannot have any progress made on those things. Okay. So, as a Jew, do you feel in danger having all these all these new ideologies, and especially the people who have embraced these ideologies? Do you feel in danger? I know you work in New York. You live in New Jersey. In New York, we've seen a lot of protests. Do you do you feel in danger of coming across them and them attacking you, knowing who you are, finding or finding out who you are, and then suddenly out of nowhere them attacking you? I always had that fear, but I've I've learned to live with it, and sometimes I wonder. Is it safer to live in Israel? And it, it that's why Israel exists. So, so Jews could be safe out of danger, but then then they face terrorism every day and they face rockets every day. But then at the same time, they've learned how to protect themselves very well. And they've learned, I mean, the culture in Israel versus the, the culture of Jewish people here, where like we're weak and not, not to generalize, but like, really, like we can't pick up a ball. We can't pick up a bat. Like we're the, that's like our stereotype. We we're like, yes. It, and this kind of bothers me when I see a certain, we see a, let's say a swastika someplace. I'm like, and everybody starts shouting anti-Semitism. I'm like, it's technically anti-Semitism, but can you please grow pair? It's just a, it's just a swastika. That's all it is. So yeah. everybody calm down. We can figure out who the culprit is, but everybody just calm down. Stop making this worse than it is. It's bad, yes, I understand, but everybody just calm down. So I've seen that, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about, where people, where when sometimes they just, out of nowhere, they get overexcited over certain so-called hate crimes, which I don't subscribe to the idea of a hate crime, as to oppose to a love crime. Crime is a crime, and that's yeah. the end of that. It's, it's frightening when, obviously, when people are, smashing businesses, purposely targeting Jewish businesses. Actually, yeah. this this happened the other day. So on Friday, and I called it Kristallnacht 2.0, or at least an attempted Kristallnacht 2.0, because the left, they published maps of uh, quote unquote Zionist businesses. Of course, they were all Jewish businesses, Jewish restaurants to go and target that evening. And it didn't even, they didn't even wait until the evening to start it. There was, I, I work for Newsmax and we had a reporter and he went out there. He went out in the streets to cover their, uh, their, they were, as they were planning this. And as he was standing there during his live shot, some guy takes like a rock, takes something and just 
whack just smashes the, the the business that that one of the businesses on the list and this also was uh media companies because you know they, they think that the jews run the media <laughs> so um they they had a list of media outlets jewish businesses that go and target so that's i will say that's pretty terrifying and as someone who i grew up in an age in in new jersey where you know we thought all of this was solved I'm I'm not really as used to it. I'm I'm getting used to it now because I went to college and I was mobbed. I was actually chased by mobs, and it was partially because I was a Zionist Jew, but really in general, it was because I held these conservative values and I was liberal right diversity. That now you're getting used to it. This is liberal diversity. You gotta get used to not being able to walk on Shabbos because in Manhattan because there was a protest where Palestinians, you know, they might get violent seeing a Jew. You know, right. they can't help themselves. If they can't help themselves, maybe they don't belong here. So I, um, Friday night, um, and I feel guilty because I filmed this on Shabbos, but I just, I really wanted to show what was going on. I went across the street from my office. That ha happens to be where Chuck Schumer works. He works nearby. And there were these protesters. And, you know, they, they, weren't, uh, they, they weren't smashing businesses yet. But you could see they were getting uh, violent, more violent, more, uh, they were getting rowdier. They were getting louder and rowdier and rowdier. And it always happened, you know, during the day, it's a little less violent. It's a little more peaceful. But then at night, suddenly they, they switch. And that's when you see everything getting burnt down. You saw Grand Central being vandalized, Port Authority being vandalized the other day. They were trying to break into these areas. They always get more violent at night. So it was sundown and I was right there and I was filming with my camera, these people marching and they had all these you know, signs, Zionism is racism. And all of a sudden I'm just standing on the side. They might've heard me speak to my camera because they said, oh, Hey guys, I'm here. You know, there's a bunch of jihadists, but it took them five minutes for me just standing there saying other than that, saying nothing and just like filming for them to suddenly come back and surround me in a giant mob cursing and screaming at me. One person screamed at me, you Zionist, you're a Zionist. See you next Tuesday. I won't say the actual word here. Then you had people like going like this to me, you're a Nazi, you're a Nazi. What? I'm like, I'm Jewish. And you know, obviously they that makes it worse that I'm there and I'm, I'm and that I'm Jewish. And I was wearing my smaller Star of David, but I was still wearing my Star of David. And then they for some reason they started yelling at me, You're a lawyer. You must be a lawyer. You're a lawyer. I'm like, what? I'm a lawyer just because I'm cause because I'm Jewish. And then I thought, you know what? I would really fare better at one of the pro-Israel rallies because there's a lot of single Jewish lawyers there who I could meet. I don't think there's any lawyers here <laughs> because, you know, some cultures are a little better than others. Um, and if there were lawyers and doctors there, then that would be more... That would actually be scarier to see yeah. the educated being... And by the way, that's actually how Hitler got his start. This is the one of the great lies that liberalism has taught our youth, that Hitler's start was got started out by getting the country bumpkins, the uneducated people. Guess who was burning the books? Some of those books, by the way, should have been burned, by the way, but not all of them. Guess who was burning the books? It was the college students. The college students were the ones burning the books. The professors were endorsing Hitler. So this is one of the great lies that they say, oh, the country bumpkins. No, they were the ones opposing Hitler or at the very least not... Ex or, or at the very least not endorsing them, just going on their daily life, not being interested in politics. It was the students who were burning the books. It were the students who were endorsing him and they were the ones, they were the brown shirts. So that's that's for context on that. I'm gonna ask you the last question, but before I ask you, I'm gonna say this about Jews controlling the media. Do Jews, are Jews disproportionately represented in media? Yes, in Hollywood, yes, but guess freaking what? They don't endorse Judaism. They have nothing in common with Judaism. They are, they are, ethnically Jewish. But here's the question. Would you feel better that they were not Jewish, but they were still as secular, still as leftist, still as anti-American? Would you feel better about yourself? No, you wouldn't. So by pointing out, oh, they're Jewish, 
just plain anti-Semitism because you don't hate them because you hate them because they're Jewish. Not that they're leftist. I hate them because they're leftist. I don't hate Same. them because they're Jewish. They are leftist. And that's why I don't want them there. I don't want these people there because they're leftist, socialist, and so on and so forth. But you are the only problem you're pointing out is that they're Jewish. Why is that? Because for some reason you hate or or you have a bias against Jews. And I don't believe that all people who point that out are, are anti-Jewish. I believe that some of them are just ignorant and they haven't figured it out. They think that, oh, they're Jewish. That's why they're socialist. But no, it goes the other way. It goes actually the other way around. They're socialist and also they are Jewish. And they haven't, they haven't made a pro-Israel movie in, I don't know, I think in forever. They haven't made any endorsements of Judaism as a whole anytime. They are secular. Their first religion is secularism. So pointing out that they're Jewish, it does not literally nothing you're just pointing out something that doesn't even matter so here's the last question what do you say about those the lgbt who are endorsing the the pro-palestinian people and the natira carta they they are the ones who are supposedly very ultra orthodox they are very orthodox and they and by the way in there's their satmar which they also which they also oppose israel because of religious reasons but right now satmar made it very clear these people are crazies listen we oppose israel on religious grounds but these people they they're just like literally sleeping with the enemy they are marching with terrorists they are marching with uh, with pro hamas people we don't we don't wish that upon anybody so what do you think about those so-called jews and actual orthodox jews and LGBTQ, who are all en- who are all considered enemies of the pro-Hamas types, marching together with Hamas. What do you ha- what do you have to say for those? Okay, you know what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna be nice, idiots, instead of another word I wanted to use. I I dressed up as a chicken for KFC on Halloween to share how I feel about these lovely groups. But I mean, the the the, the Netra Karate, and I can never, I'm so terrible about, about pronouncing that. Natira Karta. Natira Karta. Well, they're, I just call them the kooks, but, or, or Ginos, Jews in name only. They, they're not even practicing actual Judaism. They're not even like, what, what what's so hysterical about it is that you have anti-Semites who have real, revealed themselves to be anti-Semites recently on the right. And then you have anti-Semites on the left who, when they interview people, when they say, see, Jews support Palestine too, they either interview these like, blue-haired, the, these like blue-haired women who found a yarmulke on eBay just to wear it for this interview and for these anti-Semitic protests. They either find that person or they find someone from this crazy sect that's they're not even actually jewish they're maybe ethnically jewish but like honestly they and i I, i've used inbred to describe radical islamists and a lot of them are that's part of their culture but it these people look pretty inbred as well if you just like talk to them like there's something that's it's not they're not all there but they actually attended a conference sponsored by Iran not too long ago, I believe a couple of years ago, and they didn't they deny the Holocaust. Well, here's the thing. They say they say this. They say either the Holocaust happens because God is punishing Jews for trying to return to Israel as their new their re their reestablished ancestral homeland or that the Holocaust was overblown and and like the Holocaust didn't really happen or the numbers are off. They're peddling the same rhetoric of, as you mentioned, of Hamas terrorists, but also of Hitler, also of of the Nazis, that the the Holocaust, and it's, it's, pick one. Did the Holocaust happen or did did it not happen? Did, Did the Holocaust happen because you believe God was punishing the Jewish people or do you believe that it didn't happen? It's like they can't even get their rhetoric together, just like the Hamas supporters who they can't decide whether they support what happened on October 7th or if they're going to pretend it didn't happen. They say, oh, none of this happened, none of this happened, where's your proof? But then they go around and say, yes, what happened on October 7th needed to happen and we justify it. And to, to speak on the, the queers for Palestine, 
please go to Gaza. But you know what? Fight I for them. Let me see you fight for them. Which, by the way, a lot I've noticed a very interesting thing. And we're not allowed to notice things. But here's what I noticed. That there are no Jews in the Hamas army. There are no queers in the Hamas army. At least <laughs> at least that we know of. There are no any of these leftist feminists in the Hamas army. But guess what? There are a lot of Arabs in the Israeli army. There are a lot of Muslims in the Israeli army. Which is just an interesting contrast. Continue. That's a good point. But who knows? Maybe uh, a boss is uh, uh, secretly stooping, you know, one of the Hamas. I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, there was one of their top guys who was just outed as one and they just threw him off a building. Surprise, oh, surprise. Well, guess what? You know what? I can sympathize with gays for Palestine on, on one thing. There are no tall rooftops anymore in Gaza. Oh, yes. So, you know, they're a little safer. No, they're not, yes, yes, correct. <laughs> Yes, they are. So maybe, maybe I think Israel should start rebuilding Gaza as soon as possible, just to show, just to show them. Well, now we have the tall rooftops back, so better, you know, better watch out with who you with who you lie in bed with. Yeah, you so, can shove them off again. <laughs> yeah. So this this has been great. I thank you very much. So where do people, if they wanna, they wanna hear more, they want to follow you, follow you, they wanna see what you're up to. So where can they follow you? Where can they get more info? Certainly. I'm on all the main social media platforms. My full name, J-U-S-T-I-N-E-B-R-O-O-K-E-M as in Mary, U-R-R-A-Y on Instagram. That's also me on Facebook, although I don't use Facebook that much. On Twitter, I'm Justine underscore Brooke. And I'm also that same handle on Getter, G-E-T-T-R. That was, that was launched by Jason Miller. That was actually pre-Truth Social. I do have a Truth Social. I don't use it. I honestly can't even remember my, my username, which is sad, but you can probably find me on there. But if you want to stay tuned for my content, stay tuned mostly on Instagram and Twitter. All right. For anybody who wants to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at Aaron Politodoxy on Twitter or at Aaron Friedman on Instagram, or you could reach out to me on email at politodoxy at gmail.com. If you're listening on, on Spotify, please leave five stars and follow. If you're listening, uh, if you're watching, actually, you could also watch on Spotify, by the way, new feature. You could also, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please leave a like and subscribe. Also, the most important thing you can do, share this episode. That's the most important thing. More more listeners, more subscribers, more followers, the better. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And remember, my fellow radicals, stay political. <laughs>